What's up, y'all, and welcome to the 12th episode of Something Challenge Related. What am I doing in the house with these people? It's time to just bring the Barbie Beast back. Killer Cam is out now. I'm ready. So this week is a little different, and I'm combining the breakdown of episode 12 and 13 because, well, no tea, but giving them two separate episodes felt, quite frankly, ridiculous. <laughs> so this episode will be starting and ending in the crater. I'm going to keep this intro short because we have a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and dive right in. The stars have aligned for CT. This couldn't be any better. He gets to put two people in, he gets to shift the numbers in the house, and he gets to choose who he wants to go up against. We kicked this episode off by learning the outcome of this security breach that had us so intrigued last week. I'm not gonna lie y'all, I was really hoping they were bringing in a replacement for Lolo. I'm guessing they were having some serious logistic issues with COVID, but the amount of DQs this season is just truly ridiculous. If Ashley had walked in there a second time, I would have lost my damn mind. So we learned that the breach is a challenge classic, a surprise double elimination. Not only will Devon and Gabby be competing, but the team with the second most amount of votes will be joining them, Josh and Nani. That gives our double agents, CT and Big T, the opportunity to choose both opponents, including the matchups. I don't know if I necessarily liked this double elimination twist. This feels very simple logistically, and so I don't understand why they wouldn't have told them ahead of time. I feel like the, the twists that are, they're told last minute are normally kind of these gargantuan, you know, game-changing uh, mechanics. And this was just like, a, okay, whoever gets the second most amount of votes also goes in, which feels kind of like a cop-out to me, but I digress. So the Devin and Gabby matchup is first, and CT decides to give Devin a chance to call out whoever he wants. And after scanning the crowd, he looks at Darrell and decides to come after the guy who voted him down there. I have respect for that, I mean Darrell is a beast, and anytime you are calling out someone that you have personal beef with, that's a huge risk, because you get so much clout if you win, but if you lose, the shame. <laughs> but then again, looking at this analytically, what the hell was Devin thinking? Why not go after someone like Fessy, someone you've been having beef with this whole season, in an elimination that would even the playing field. CT also has no ties with Fessy and would certainly be willing to risk sending Anissa in because he seems to just have no allegiance to his female allies this season, and that's, that's the real tea, y'all. <laughs> so CT and Big T both decide to give Devin what he wants, and they vote down Durrell and Amber B. Next up is picking a matchup for Josh, and to no one's surprise, CT steps up and is ready to take on who he has coined the goof. <laughs> it is still not guaranteed it's a boys' day, but with two male rogue agents, Corey and Nam, it is spelled out pretty clearly at this point. I think this was smart of CT. I mean, damn did production wrap this up with a bow, and he would have just been a fool to not capitalize on this opportunity. So again, to no one's surprise, we do learn it's a men's elimination, and that confirms tonight's showdowns. Devin versus Darrell and Josh versus CT. Now if we didn't know what the elimination was and I was a betting man, I would put my future children's college tuition on Darrell and CT. Unless the elimination is flicking on a light switch or competing in a slide puzzle against Michi, Darrell and CT are multifaceted enough to take on pretty much anything. That being said, this dead ringer elimination looks like it really could even the playing field. For those of you who missed Cam taking out Ashley on this bad boy, the competitors start strapped into a harness and standing on a podium in the middle of six poles. They each have their own contraption and it's set up so that it's a bit hard to control you're basically trying to swing and pick up momentum to reach the poles. In the original setup, you were trying to put rings onto hooks, but this time it's in reverse, and you're trying to retrieve seven puzzle pieces from the surrounding poles. 
Once you've collected all your pieces and have finished swinging around like you're a Tarzan after drinking a Four Loco, you take all the pieces and work to solve a Tangram's puzzle. Darrell and Devin are going to be up first, and honestly y'all, when they start, they are neck and neck for the entire swinging portion of this elimination. <laughs> I'm over Devin. He has provided a lot of comedic value, but he's just gotten so annoying, and I feel like a lot of what he does is kind of for the cameras, which I get this is a reality show, but for him it's like so thinly veiled that it just like kind of infuriates me. But despite that, there's really no doubting how intelligent this man is, so... The fact that Darrell did not have a huge lead going into the puzzle, and then he calls it a tangerine puzzle. Tangerine like the fruit. I was like, oh my god, Darrell's going home, and I'm going to be so upset because then it's going to be Devin with his second elimination win of the season, and the clout of saying he's beaten Bananas, Wes, and Darrell in elimination. Oh, yeah, y'all, I was sweating. Um, I'm not going to lie, y'all, I ordered these cute little wooden tangrams that may or may not have been for a drinking game. Uh, Mom, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. And it is the exact seven-piece puzzle that was in this elimination. We, like, paused it to check. And that shit is hard. One of my best friends was legitimately about to throw it out the window because she was losing her damn mind. So hit me up on Twitter or Instagram if you're trying to get the link to order it because it's actually kind of fun. And as a drinking game, even more fun, if you could only imagine. So anyways, mad kudos to Darrell in his tangerine puzzle because he managed to knock this shit out of the park and sent Devin home before Devin even looked like he had a clue of what was going on stealing his gold skull, and joining the ranks of the men's gold skull holders. This ends Devin's reign of terror, and I'm honestly really surprised when Darrell only had a slight lead coming off of the swinging part. I really thought Devin was going to take it, but Darrell is so multifaceted, y'all. I think this is a wake-up call to a lot of the guys in the audience, who just kind of see Darrell as kind of coasting through the game, riding the middle of the alliances, and hasn't played the game as often as some of these other people have in recent years. But if this man gets to the final, y'all better watch out. Darrell now gets to sit back and relax as CT steps up against Josh. I've had my gripes with CT this season, and this episode really only intensified them, but I do respect him for throwing himself in against Josh. It's kind of the same as Leroy tossing himself in against Jay. It's kind of epic if you win, but it is so embarrassing if you lose. And in CT's case, it'd be even more embarrassing because he's calling out Josh because he thinks Josh is kind of a weak competitor. Okay, so... Y'all, I'm convinced they made CT and Josh each take like three shots before starting this elimination. Watching them swing around up there was, oh, I was getting so much secondhand stress. I was like, oh my god. I wanted to be like, someone go down there and move the pulse closer to them, please. The challenge is out here making the pulse further away for the men, but Ashley and Cam would have crushed this. It was CT and Josh who needed the shorter distance to cover. Anyways. These two men are in a close race for worst elimination showing, which would be a tough award to get after a few performances we've seen this season, until CT starts to get the hang of the contraption and begins getting piece after piece. Josh does manage to secure a few of his own, but CT gets all seven, while Josh is still at like three. <laughs> so then CT propels down, and then he completes the puzzle, like, almost instantly. It did warm my heart a little when he talked about his son playing Tangrams, and then I learned via Twitter that I guess DM used to carry Tangrams all over the place when she was competing on the Duel 2, which, y'all, I am a sucker for these kinds of storylines. I did tear up a little bit. <laughs> so that brings us into what is going to ignite the rest of episode 12, the partner swap. Darrell makes the decision that everyone saw coming. He sticks with Amber B. I think that was a smart move. I think she balances him out well and has a strong political game and a lot of heart. I could see this team performing very well in a final. The only others I would say are comparable at this point that were up for grabs are maybe Casey or Nani. 
So CT decides to pick Cam, which honestly I think is a smart move. I mean, Cam is just one of the strongest competitors in the game. And Darrell couldn't pick Cam because, you know, CT snatched her up. But especially in a final, Cam is just such a multifaceted threat. But the real showstopper is CT, who has the audacity to jump up and down enthusiastically, acting like he literally just won the lottery and like Big T has been a ball change around his ankle and he can't wait to finally ditch it. The way this man acted down there was beyond childish. I don't care if CT got to replace me with fucking Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You better act with some class. I'll go deeper into my thoughts about this later, because this occupied like 80% of episode 12. But for now, <laughs> this does bring Kyle back to Nani, which is hilarious because both are friends, but were low-key or maybe high-key trying to ditch each other, like basically this, the whole time they were partners. And that also leaves Gabby with our poison princess, Cory. So good luck to Gabby. <laughs> and that pairs Nam up with Big T. Honestly, I'd be stoked to trade out CT for Nam, but that's just me. Big T and Nam, talk about a pure-hearted pair right there. So that's four new teams, and I can't lie, I am excited it was switched up. These past couple eliminations, the pairings have generally remained the same, so this was kind of reinvigorating. I was tired of people staying with their partner and then Corey getting the leftovers and subsequently eliminating them. So moving into our next phase, I'm calling this bad boy the introduction because it basically is the introduction of episode 13. You know, we're working with what we got here, people. CT didn't do anything wrong by picking me, but he was wrong for how he went about picking me. It's rubbing people the wrong way, and I don't want to be with anybody that's not humble. We kick off this section with Nani all kinds of press that Josh is gone. I get that. As much as Josh annoys me, he is a good partner. From Amanda to Nani, he provides constant support. Outside of that whole like, creepy physical touch moment with Amanda, that needed to stop. And Nani's had some rough goes of it in past seasons, so to lose a partner like that is hard. Something we just need to address is some of the toxic male partners that are on this show. I've alluded to this in past podcasts, but this kind of idea of like men trying to ditch the women on their team or talking mad shit about their female partners, that's just not cute. Like, they seriously, a lot of the times, the women consistently outperform them. And even if they didn't, even if their female partner is literally a steaming pile of garbage, that does not give you any right to act so degrading. Know your place. I really do think that Nani and Kyle can be a strong team, but I'm hoping Nani gets her skull and takes Leroy. That would be the best case scenario, but I'm not holding my breath. We also get some light conflict between CT and Kyle, which is confusing to me because these two have perceivably been working together. CT really has been screwing people over left and right this season, but I can't believe that he didn't tell Kyle that he was going to take Cam. Like, I don't know, again, like, I understand taking Cam, but some of the actions surrounding this choice, I mean, it's not like him telling Kyle would have changed the outcome. Like, it's not like Kyle could have blocked him from throwing himself into elimination. So, I don't know. Kyle does, though, get a bad rep for being a snake, which is definitely somewhat true, but when has he seriously backstabbed anyone? I mean, he literally didn't choose to bring Kara into the double elimination in War of the Worlds, despite the fact that Kara and Polly were gunning for him basically all season, just because she took him to the Vendettas final, like, three seasons ago. And I mean, that's some fucking loyalty right there. Like, if that was me, I'd be like, bye, come on down here, let's hope you go home, snip snip. Instead, he caught out fucking Natalie, but that's a topic for another time. So I do feel like Kyle's more of a snake in the sense that he will do and say whatever it takes to stay in the game, but I'd prefer to be working with someone like that who's just really competitive and trying to stick around than someone who is just flagrantly going back on their word left and fucking right. Sorry, I also recognize I'm feeling some type of way about CT right now, and that certainly contributes to me feeling so angry about this conflict. Anywho. We also do get a refreshing little visit to some hot springs, and the biggest takeaways from this little excursion to me is CT trying to do damage control, Cam and Leroy being the cutest couple literally ever, 
Corey is low-key actually a supportive Big Brother figure this season, in Big Brother like an older sibling, not Big Brother like the gross one. And Nani is planning on stealing Fessy if she goes into elimination and he's up for grabs. That last one is T. Her and Anissa are tight, so I'm wondering if Anissa would feel some type of way about that. I also wonder if he is the double agent who her backup would be. Then, before the centerpiece of the episode hits, we have a shot of sweet, sweet Naham talking about how much pain he's in. He is breaking my heart. When he said fragile, whew, y'all, I almost passed out. Ugh. So, he's feeling a lot of back pain right now, and so he's off to the hospital to get it checked. So, it's time for the big shebang. CT hosts an apology campfire question mark for Big T. A very poorly thrown one, if you ask me. If you don't give me a massage while feeding me grapes and pouring me champagne, I'm not interested. Next, please. So Big T explains to CT that she isn't upset that he picked Cam, she's upset with how he went about it. He then starts to apologize before pivoting to this weird conspiracy that she's trying to assassinate his character, and then he brings his son into it. That was unacceptable, y'all. This is what we call gaslighting. She literally explicitly said, choose Cam, I expected that but don't promise me you're going to stay with me and then humiliate me in the crater. You both broke a promise and acted like ditching me was the best thing that happened to you all season. And then he kind of stops letting her talk, despite trying to organize this to apologize to her, and then just keeps going on and on about her trying to assassinate his character. And y'all, I'm writing hard for Big T on this. Bias aside, he broke a promise, was disrespectful, and then disrespectful in the apology, boy bye. Like, you've been doing the challenge for how long? You've won three times. Big T's practically a rookie. I mean, she got sent home first in War of the Worlds 2, and then was medically DQ'd from Total Madness. And you're just going to shatter her confidence like that in front of the entire cast? It would have been so easy for him to sit there and be like, look, we had a really good run, and I'm sorry I have to do this, but I'm just going to go with Cam right now. I think it's the best choice for my game. Um, but, like, whoever has you next is really lucky to have you. You know, just, like, it's just so easy to, like, not be a douchebag. What he should have done in this apology to is sat there and been like, I regret how I acted in the crater, and I'm sorry I did that, it was shitty, I got caught up in the moment, and I was genuinely excited to be able to choose Cam, but I don't want that to make you think that you're not valuable, because you've been a fantastic partner, and then you listen to what Big T has to say, period. So, shifting to the real men, Nam returns to the house with no verdict on his place in the game. They gave him a giant shot, yikes, and said basically to hope for the best. Things are not looking good, but we do have one last tiny glimmer of hope, right? Well. We'll see in this challenge section. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> You're scared? Yeah, I'm trying to play. Well, okay, we're gonna be excited. I'm actually terrified. They haven't really told us too much of what we're gonna be doing. I don't know, At man. least we're not cutting each other's fingers off or limbs. I think, I think we're good. Right. good. You start talking about torture. I'm like, All right. I live in Vegas, so long nights is mine. It's running my Yeah, there you go. We can look at it that way. Mm -hmm. We just partying in the sun, doing yeah. crazy. Yeah. So before we dive into the challenge itself, we kick off with more bad news. Nam is officially medically DQ'd. That means Nicole, Liv, Natalie, Lolo, Leo, and Nam have all been eliminated outside of the crater. That is five of this season's ten rookies. That is rough. This is the most DQs I've seen since, like, Rivals 3. Some of them were definitely justified, but I really think that Bunny Merlin could have prevented some of those injuries. Today's challenge is called Survive the Night. Basically, partners are going to be chained together by their wrists and standing in an open face cage. They're just kind of ominously told to endure, and this turns out to be a combination of an escape room and the Saw movie franchise, basically competing in a series of tasks to find clues, and eventually a tool to help you escape. If that was me, this is my cue. Bye! I will be the 48th person to go home outside the creator this season. It's been real. I'll miss being on the challenge. So, I've been a bit of a defender of the Skull Twist. Again, I don't want it to persist forever, but I do like that people have to prove themselves in the elimination. 
But this challenge made me like the twist way less. I mean, people just gave up. Coverage for this challenge is going to be like 11 seconds because only two teams really tried. Casey and Leroy and Corey and Gabby. Cam and Fessy had some cameos in there, trying to help our lovable dum-dums with math. But other than that, the rest of the teams were low-key chilling. And even in the two that were trying, the editing team was trying really hard to make it seem like it was close, but it was so abundantly obvious that Leroy and Casey were way ahead the whole time. This would have been a really interesting challenge if every team was going balls to the wall to get that win. But the little we did glean from this is that Casey and Leroy are just looking stronger and stronger as a team. So, in a landslide, Casey and Leroy win this challenge. TJ unfairly calls out Cam, bitch, no one was trying. CT was barely trying. And we head back to HQ at what looks like 5 in the morning, which feels very unpleasant. So with that, let's head into our next section, partying and politics. It feels nice, cuddling Fessy, because obviously he's so big. It's like a bear cuddling you. It's nice. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so This section is very quick. So the beginning is finally some hookup drama, or at least like hookup adjacent. I've just been desperate for that this season. I miss the crazy partying, you know, they're going, ah, oh, they're playing all kinds of crazy games, you know, the tea, the fighting, but we got something. It's Fessy and Gabby, who have both let their walls down and have become a challenge house couple. Corey calls Fessy all the way out for having feelings for Tori, which again, hilarious. Fessy's over here like, I would never do that to, to Jacob, uh, to George. What's, Jordan? What is it? Bitch, if the cameras weren't there, it'd be such a different story. You'd be <laughs> all kinds of disrespectful. I also like how Corey's just kind of bored at this point, so he, when he's not busy helping his female partners pack, he's just kind of stirring the ship. So in the party dome this evening, we basically get Cam hyping Nani up for the elimination, and that is what we love to see, boys and girls. I want both Cam and Nani to win so bad, which I know probably won't happen, but ugh, please. And that's basically all we get this, this section as we slide into the deliberation and voting. Alright guys, well, I just want to start off by saying... Big T is rogue, which means the chances of this next elimination is most likely girls, right? There's only three girls without a gold skull, one of which is Big T, and then that leaves Gabby and I. And so Gabby and I, we both want to go in and try to get our gold skull, and we'd appreciate it if you guys could help us out. Yeah, if we can make me the house vote, because I think Casey and Leroy would definitely have your back and yeah. throw you a bone and throw you in. Yeah. Another downside of the skull twist is that the deliberations are sometimes so boring. I mean, for this one, everyone just knows it's going to be Nani and Gabby, so they're basically just chilling. The plan is to make Gabby the house vote because Casey and Leroy will definitely have Nani's back. The only interesting part of the deliberation is the group putting a little bit of pressure on Nani and Gabby on if they plan on switching partners if they win. Both are hinting they want to take Fessy, and I think that's smart, but again, I'm surprised that some other people aren't more of a hot topic, like, for example, Durrell. I mean, if you take Durrell, Amber B is a rookie, so not someone who is too scary to piss off at this point. I mean, don't get me wrong, the girl competes, but she's so nice, and doesn't have as much political clout now that the Big Brother Alliance has lost some numbers. And, I mean, Durrell is just going to be a monster in that final. He's in great shape, he has won plenty of challenges before, and is just a really supportive person. We literally watched Fessy gas out last season, and come in dead last out of those who actually finished the final. I mean, both Kyle and Corey finished before him. I'm pretty sure Casey finished before him too. Don't get me wrong, Fessy is a beast, and at least now he knows what the final is like so he can prepare for it better, but I'm curious as to why he's the only option in question. Nothing is too surprising about the voting itself. The only notable vote to me is Cam, who, again, showing that this girl is a political genius, votes for Nani to make sure that she still gets to go down in case there's a security breach. So Casey and Leroy find out that Gabby and Corey are in fact the house vote, but acknowledge that this isn't going to be an easy win for Nani. The last thing we get before the crater is Anissa starting to doubt herself, 
I saw a lot of hate for Anissa on Twitter for some reason, and I don't blame her for acting some type of way. I mean, she always has these friends, quote unquote, in the season, who are talking mad shit about her behind her back in the confessionals about how she can't compete, how you don't want to be paired with her for a final, and I will fully acknowledge that Anissa does not have the stamina of some of these other people, but there is no denying that she competes, and it's frustrating to watch her get consistently underestimated. Then, some flashing green lights bring us into the elimination. This whole game, I've been saying, listen, Nani, you're tired of losing. Get this done. What does she do? She gets it done. Let's go! He deserves it, Thank you. All right, Nani wins. Yeah! You did it! Yeah! As we're walking into the crater, we see what is shaping up to be a head banger, and that is what I live for. It's somewhat reminiscent of the elimination that Joseph and Kyle did back in episode two. So we learn right away that Gabby and Corey are voted down, and Casey and Leroy both unsurprisingly stick to their word and send down Nani finally for her opportunity to get her gold skull. TJ again, for like the eighth time this season, is like, oh, nothing's as it seems except for this, which is exactly as it seems, and <laughs> says it's a girl's day. That basically confirms the matchup that's been teed up all episode, Gabby versus Nani. Mitch Elimination is called Dead Ringer, and basically what they're trying to do is a ring is going to be hung in the middle of the elimination, and they're going to try to they're going to start on opposite sides of the sand, and then when TJLs go, they're gonna race to the middle, try to jump and grab the ring, and bring it back to put it on one of their three poles. Obviously, it's going to get physical. They're, if they both get their hands on the ring, it's going to be kind of a fight to the finish. So we kick off round one, and y'all, Gabby. <laughs> I mean, I knew that girl was strong, but she was like dragging Nani through the mud. I was like, oh no, I bet you Nani's getting PTSD to Melissa. <laughs> I bet you she sees, like, red skulls floating around her head, you know, laughing at her, like, Melissa, Melissa, Vienna! And, I mean, they both get their hands on the ring, but Gabby drags Nani to her side and gets the first point pretty handily. And, y'all, I've done a really good job of, of avoiding spoilers this season, thank God. I can't say the same for every season. So I really had no idea who was going to win this elimination. So when Gabby was up 1-0, I was like, Nani, no, not again. Some of y'all might know this, but I, um, the first season I ever watched of the challenge was Battle of the Seasons 2. I've seen some before that now retroactively, but that was the first one that I like started. That's what got me on the challenge. And Nani was a rookie that season, so I have a special place for her in my heart. Um, so then in the second round, we see some more physical contact, and Nani shows up this time, y'all. She fights, and Gabby is really giving her a run for her money. I mean, she is not some layup rookie. Like, Gabby looks tough. But Nani manages to pull it out of Gabby's hands and win the second point, which ties it up 1-1. This last point was a little bit less climactic. Both run for the middle, and Nani grabs it and kind of pulls a Georgia in the first War of the Worlds elimination, and instead of, like, having to do anything physical, just kind of does, like, a little juke situation, which, again, I feel that. I mean, if I was in there and I was against, you know, like a fessy, if I could run and, you know, skittle away without having to get my ass beat, then I would definitely take that up. But, yeah, Nani jukes Gabby out while living on a prayer, was playing in the background for some reason. I don't know. I guess we're at, like, a college karaoke night. And Nani, in slow motion, slams that ring on the pole and takes the elimination and the final gold skull for the women, sending Gabby home and leaving only one rookie, Amber B, left in the game. As I said earlier, you know, five were eliminated outside of the crater, so pretty crazy. But I'm so stoked, y'all. When Nani broke down into tears, I mean, you could tell how bad she wanted this. She hasn't won an elimination since she was partnered with Wes for Rivals 3. And, I mean, I can only imagine 
like the sheer joy of winning an elimination. So to not have that feeling for seven years, which is how long she said she had it had been in the after show, and just losing again and again. And I mean, some of those losses were definitely on her, but the one against Georgia, that elimination was bullshit when they were taped to that chair in War of the Worlds. And then the one against Melissa was also kind of strange, like how the rounds always reset. I mean, there was some mechanics of that elimination that I wasn't a huge fan of. I mean, Ashley did sweep her in that War of the Worlds 2 elimination. I mean, Ashley ran like four miles the wrong way and still managed to beat her. I was like, Nani, girl, this is not your strongest showing. But I mean, some of those other ones were definitely questionable to me. So I was just really stoked. I was stoked to see Nani get that win, get that skull, get back in the house. When it comes to the partner swap, Nani does as we anticipated, and she snipes Fessy right from under Anissa. And I did learn in the after show that Nani had actually told Anissa this was going to happen. And Anissa understood and was way more concerned about Fessy leaving her and kind of embarrassing her in a way than someone else taking him. Because she's like, I recognize he's a strong competitor. I just don't want to like, you know, look stupid. And she also was pretty stoked about getting Kyle. And how Kyle reacted to getting Anissa, I'm like, Kyle, who the fuck do you think you are? Okay, congrats. You've come in second like eight times. That's not even, that's, that's giving him too much credit. He's come in second once and then come in fourth once. Okay, let's all calm down here, Kyle. We've got some time left to go. Chill, breathe. And TJ laughing at that whole situation did kind of give me some life as well. So as you can probably guess, yeah, Anissa chooses Kyle after Fessy gets stolen from her. And that leaves Big T with Corey. Ugh, Big T, please. You can't fall victim to the Corey curse. You just can't. I can't believe she's his seventh partner. I mean, that's crazy, right? Is that just me? Is that crazy? All right. Anyways, so this really sets us up for the final. We have our five female gold skull holders, Cam, Anissa, Casey, Amber B, and Nani, and our five male skull holders, CT, Darrell, Fessy, Kyle, and Leroy. We also have Corey and Big T as our only two agents left in the game who don't have gold skulls. I'm really curious to see this season if they're going to be purged out or if they're going to get an opportunity to compete. I guess we'll just have to see next week. So with that, let's head into the award ceremony. So for those of you joining us for the first time, I give out four awards each episode. Worst moment, best moment, quote from the GOAT, and player of the episode. The worst moment from these combined episodes is CT's reaction to choosing Cam in the Crater. I won't harp on this too much because I've already covered it earlier in the episode, but he just really broke my heart with this one. I like rooting for CT. He's just had a really cool path of self-discovery on the challenge, but this season he's just been off, and that reaction was just uncalled for. The best moment was Nani winning her elimination. Y'all, my girl Nani, homies, I don't want to see any Nani hate on my timeline, my theoretical timeline that I am speaking in existence right now, but also my Twitter timeline. And then the best quote was when Anissa was like, look, I'm going to be in that final. And if I cry about it until we get there, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm, that's how I feel about the pandemic, if we're being quite honest. Look, if I'm going to cry about it until we get through this fucking pandemic, then that's what I'm going to do. And y'all are going to have to let me do that. And then player of the episode is, of course, Nani. I think that she won a hard-fought elimination against a hard-fought competitor. She has proven to be really strong this season. I think she's proven that every season. And I think she's just, you know, showed a lot of people what she's capable of. And I really did like Gabby. Like, no shade toward Gabby. I would like to see her back in the future. I think she had some funny political commentary. And I think she was kind of a light in the game. You could tell she really wanted it. But I just couldn't be happier for Nani right now. And then honorable mention goes to Big T, who just really stood up for herself in these two episodes, and I'm really proud of her for it. 
and Durrell. He got an elimination win that was pretty epic and has just been really supportive this season. I mean, Amber B's a rookie and it'd be really easy to be a little wary, but he's been very, very kind and very loving and has just really showed up to compete, even in the challenges where he's really scared. And so it's been, I'm really glad they're starting to give him more of the spotlight. So, woo! Y'all, I'm really sorry if you're finishing this up and it's been 30 minutes and you're stretching, you know, go for a run, have a sip of water, you know, do what you gotta do. And hopefully this episode put us back on track to stop this weird, like, cutting out in the middle. Um, and we are on our way to the final, y'all! Let's fucking go! So, I'm excited to see y'all there. And with that, as always... Take care of yourself. Hopefully we'll see you in the future, all right?